Hi, and welcome to the Annex Podcast Elevate YM Edition. We're a youth group at the Building Christian Fellowship that believes that you can have a real and relevant relationship with Jesus, even at a young age. And we pray you enjoyed this message from last Thursday. Can we give it up for Wisdom Johnson, everybody? Yeah. Hallelujah. So, you guys can have a seat. And I kind of wanted to start off today's word, today's sermon off with a little bit of a game. Y'all cool with that? So real quick, let's get like the, the playing field a little bit more balanced. Can I get Jericho, you can go on this side. Can I get Rayma and the Tolbert siblings? Can you guys go to that side too? Four, six, four, five, six, seven, eight. And can I get two more people to go over there too? Actually, you know what? One, two, three, four, five, six. I think we're about even. Yeah, yeah, I think we're about even. Yeah, I think I am kind of counting y'all. Heaven and Jackie Switch. Okay, cool. Now we're a little bit more balanced. I was trying to get a good leader balance. All right, cool. So we'll have Isaiah as one rep, and we'll have Jackie as one rep. We're going to play a quick game of snowman, okay? I know you guys are probably wondering, like, what the heck is snowman? It's the, it's the PC and politically correct version for hangman, okay? So we're going to play snowman. So just to make things clear, we're going to guess what word it is. It's going to be the topic of tonight's discussion. And we'll do the snowman, like a little fat part at the bottom, the torso, the head, arms, hat, Eyes and carrot. Is that fair? Do we need to add buttons too? Do y'all need the, y'all need the extra for buttons? All right, fair. Okay, okay, okay. So we'll go back and forth real quick. Isaiah and Jackie, do so. Do a quick little game of uh, rock paper scissors. We'll see who goes first. <laughs> Who's oldest? Ready? Again, just go again. Just go again. I bet. Isaiah's team's going to go first. So, this is, and I know I spelled it right. I'd be really embarrassed if I spelled it wrong. This is a seven-letter word. I'm going to give you guys some clues. This is a seven-letter word that may describe or tell something that we're all going through, that we all go through at some point in our life, okay? Yes. Now, here's the catch, too. Let's add a little bit of a little sauce into it, Okay. If you ask for another clue, everybody collectively gets another body part. Is that fair? Is that fair? Yes? No? Maybe? All right, cool, cool. So Isaiah's group, you're going to go first. Collectively come up with the first letter for our game. You guys got 10 seconds. A. A? Wow, somebody's been reading my notes or something. All right. Next group. Next group, okay. So it was us, but hold on. What's the I next letter? Hold on, I don't want to be in charge of this when we get a Okay, okay. M. M? As in Maurice? As gotcha. in put respect to my cousin's name, Maurice. It's okay. It's okay. We're gonna have to come together. That's next that's the little belly part. The little bottom part, like what I assume are his legs. Collectively, 
Like, you know how, like, they magically kind of move through the snow? Like, I don't get that. Like, do they have, like, tentacles or something? All right, Isaiah's group. Let's go. Let's hurry up. Five seconds. Is yeah. there a time limit on this? E. E? Isaiah's group is just like, can y'all see my notes from up there? Like, Whatever. let me just make sure. We're going to go over here first. All right. Jackie's group. Jackson. I. Ooh. We up there. There we go. We up there. Look at us. Real good, real good. Isaiah's group. Hold on, hold on. I think we do have the word. We're going to give it a guess. Anxiety? The way y'all cheated. I was kidding. Very educated. Give it up for yourselves real quick. Anxiety. Anxiety. More prevalent than ever, the, the, the more and more we're having groups and more and more I'm having conversations with you guys and peers and family members and friends, this topic seems to keep coming up. Anxiety. Who would have ever thought that a seven-letter word would be so powerful? Who would have ever thought that a seven-letter word would... would cause us to, to question if we're going to make a decision for our lives or, or, or to get up in the morning and, and, and talk to a group of friends or, or even to make a decision that's going to be life-changing. Like, who would have ever thought that anxiety would take over our lives this much? And you, we, we may not go through the same things. We may not have the same fears. We may not have the same anxieties. But there's always something, some little thing, some big thing, some enormous thing that we all sort of are afraid of or unsure of or not quite sure if it'll work out for us. We, we all have that thing in our lives that feels like we're being consumed by it. That feels like if, 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 we, if we fail in a certain part in our lives, that it's, it's, it's going to bring us great anxiety. That if I don't complete this assignment, if I don't do my best and I get laughed at, it'll bring me so much anxiety. That, that if I don't make a certain group of people happy, it brings me so much anxiety. If, if, if I get in front of my friends and present my project or speak my heart in groups, it gives me anxiety because I don't want to be unaccepted. That anxiety isn't just a thing for certain people, but it's something that we all experience. And tonight what we're going to talk about and, and, and I don't want our core team to get mad at me. This isn't an official series, but it's something that's been on my heart. We're going to talk about trust issues. And more specifically, how do I, how do we overcome anxiety? Because the, the deeper issue is this. Anxiety is only a fruit of the problem. The real root of the problem is where is it that you're placing your trust? Where is it that you're placing and finding your hope and strength in? Because we have to recognize that anxiety is only a fruit of the problem, not the root of the problem. Like, 
Like there are, are many things, and I'm not a, a psychiatrist or a, a therapist by any respect, but, but to the point where there's so many different, I'm getting ahead of myself, so many different natural coping mechanisms that we use to get rid of anxiety for the moment, and it still rears its ugly head like a weed in a garden. That we have to get to the root of the problem tonight, amen? The definition of anxiety is a feeling of wor- uh, worry, of, of nervousness, of unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. I'm going to read that again. It's a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event. Imminent is a big word that basically means it's going to be here sometime. It's going to happen. Like eventually Thursday is going to be here, right? An imminent event of something with an uncertain outcome. Let's read what the word has to say about it, okay? I'm not going to be before you guys long. Tonight's scripture isn't long. But even with this short amount of scripture, we'll learn how to overcome anxiety, amen? So turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start from verse 6. Get your Bibles out. If you have a phone, use your Bible app. I know some of you guys got physical Bibles. Open up your Bible. If you haven't got a physical Bible yet, I, I strongly encourage you to get a physical Bible I make this joke every Thursday or anytime I come up on the platform. Physical Bibles don't get notifications. Physical Bibles don't require you to have a like or subscribe or say thing. You can truly be focused on the word when you open up your physical Bible. Amen. If you don't have a Bible, you don't have access to a Bible. We've made it available to you up on the board. And it reads in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 in the New King James Version. It says... Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Like I said, we're only going over this portion of Scripture today. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Can elevate, say amen. Amen. We got three questions that we're going to ask ourselves so that we can overcome anxiety. Only three questions that we're going to ask ourselves to overcome anxiety. Again, I understand that there are different levels of anxiety in here and anxiety in different areas. But, but I don't know if you're a note taker or not, but I encourage you to write down these questions so that you can ask yourself these questions on a regular day basis. That the unfortunate thing is this, is that anxiety is not going anywhere. Problems aren't going anywhere. Troubles and, and, and trials and tribulations aren't going anywhere. But we serve a God that is consistent and has power over everything. Amen? So, Our first question is this. Our first question we want to ask ourselves is this. Where does my source come from? Where does my source come from? And by source, I mean my source of strength, my my source of well-being, my source of joy, my source of peace. Where does that come from? And so usually when you're hungry, right, when you're hungry, you don't just sit at home to be like, I'm so hungry. I mean, some of you guys might. Some of y'all can barely... Uh, cook one minute oatmeal in the microwave. Like, come on, bro. It's put the oatmeal in the bowl, add water, and put it in for a minute. Boom, you have oatmeal. But hey, I'm not judging. It's all good. 
But usually when you're hungry, you're going to have to go to a certain place or, or go to a certain place in the house, and you go there and you get what you need so that you can fulfill yourself, right? You know, you know for some of us, uh, 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 like today, I don't know what it is about Thursdays. Me and Isaiah were supposed to hang out earlier, something that came up. But as you can see, I love Chick-fil-A. I love me some Chick-fil-A. I'm talking spicy chicken sandwich, no lettuce, no tomatoes. Jesus chicken, that's exactly what it is. It's Jesus chicken. They saved. They ain't open on Sundays. You heard the song. You heard Kanye closed on Sundays. You my Chick-fil-A. But um, we have to question where our source is coming from. Because what people don't realize, people that, that heavily deal with anxiety, they don't realize the fact that they, in fact, do have a source. They, in fact, do have something that they try to pull some sort of strength and courage and hope and joy from, but for whatever reason, it isn't sufficient. That source that they pull from many times more than not is from themselves. And so many times when we try to muster up the strength to do something or muster up the courage to do something, and we might have the right words, you might be able to tell yourself the right mantras and and speak those things into existence and manifest the things that you want for your life. But for whatever reason, it isn't sufficient enough to carry you out through the rest of your days. That you're constantly feeling overwhelmed. That you're constantly feeling like, I just can't catch up. I just don't feel like I have enough time in the day. And listen, I, I, I'm not preaching a message that, well, if you have more faith, then you can do this. If you have more faith, then you can have a Maserati. If you have more faith, you can have a big house. That's not the message that I'm preaching. Well, what I'm preaching is this. By asking us these three simple questions, with the first one being, where does my source come from? Our source has to come from God. Our answer to anxiety is our submission to God. And there's two things that I want you guys to recognize when it comes to recognizing where your source come from, comes from. And it says it in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in the answer it says this, but in everything, does it say some things? Does it say sometimes? Does it say when it's convenient? It says in everything by prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplication. Y'all hear me? Look at your neighbor and say prayer and supplication. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say, look, the answer to, to, to you, just in a basic sense, I'm not saying, well, just pray it away and you'll be fine. Well, you need to pray more. It's true. But what does pray more mean to a person that doesn't know how to pray in the first place? What does pray more mean to somebody that doesn't know God? What does pray more mean to somebody that's been in church their whole lives, but has never truly experienced the presence of God? When it's talking about prayer and supplication, when it uses the word prayer, that is, that is giving you a setting. That is giving you a place in where you need to be. When you're hungry, you go to a place where there's food. When you're thirsty, you go to a place where there's water, a place for you to drink something. You don't just wait and say, you know what? Man, I would love, man, it's a hot day. Let me go to the desert so I can cool off. It's a hot day. Let me just go sit in the middle of the street on a 100-degree weather day. No, what are you doing? On a hot day in the summertime in California, what are you doing? Going to the pool. Man, if you're old school like me, you're running through the sprinkler just, ah, like a little kid. Ah. Doing something to cool yourself off. The place that we need to be to overcome anxiety, the place that we need to be is in prayer. 
Because when we are in the right place, when we are looking in the right direction, when we're in the right setting, then, then we're in the place to be to get what we need. It says prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplication. That word supplication literally means the thing that you're begging for, the thing that you're asking for, the thing that you think that you need to supply your lives. And let me tell you something about prayer tonight. Prayer isn't about you going to God and prescribing to God what you think you need in your life. Like, listen, yes, go to God. Make sure that you have prayer time. Make sure that you take time out in your morning and say, you know what? Let me acknowledge God before I go and do something. But prayer is a conversation. Prayer is an opportunity for communion. Prayer is an opportunity for you to grow your relationship with God. So, so, so where, where true faith comes in is this. When I go into my prayer time, I'm not prescribing. That's just another big word for telling God what I think I need for my life. I'm going to God saying, God, what do I need for my life? What, 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 what can I find in your word that is going to lead me uh, to some real peace? Because everything that I've been trying isn't working out. Paul, Paul was dealing with something in his life. I'm sure he was dealing with some of his anxieties and, and his uh, a season of being overcome by certain temptations or whatever it may be. And guess what Paul asked? Paul asked three times, like, look, God, take this away from me. Take this anxiety away from me. You know what God's answer was? My grace is sufficient enough for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. That if we're coming to God, prescribing to him, telling him what we think that we need for our lives, that's saying, God, I have strength enough. I know enough. I have enough wisdom in my own strength to tell you, God, the creator of the universe, what I need for my life. How backwards does that sound? Like, I dare, I, I, I triple dog dare my daughter to come and tell me what, what she thinks she needs. And that's not like some Lord, like power stuff, like I'm just some tyrant in my household. But as her father, as a good father, as somebody that, that, that cares for her, that knows her needs, I'm going to supply her for the thing that she needs. If she comes to me asking, Dad, I'm hungry. Can you give me something to eat? I'm going to give her something to eat. But imagine it like this. If like a little kid goes to their parent and it's like, Daddy, I want chicken nuggets. How many people grew up in that house are like, you going to eat these Brussels sprouts? Or are you just going to go hungry? Who grew up in a house like that? For still growing up in a house like that. That's what it's like when we go to God trying to tell him what we need. I want chicken nuggets. Bro, if you don't eat these Brussels sprouts. And we look at it like it's something that's not fun. We look at it as something that, like, like that's not going to sustain us. We look at God's word and, and how, how, how orderly it is and how strict it may seem, but it's something that's going to actually benefit us in life and not something that's going to harm us. Going back to trust issues, when, when, when we have trust issues, and it might seem like it's a good thing. When Paul had said, God, take this temptation away from me, that's justifiable. But God is like, my strength is made perfect in weakness. I don't need you to be perfect. I'm perfect. I don't need you to have it all together. I don't need you to know everything. I have all power and authority and knowledge and wisdom in my hands. And what we need to do when we go to God in prayer is this. 
when we go to him in prayer, when we're in the setting, when we're in the place that we need to be, uh, ready and looking towards God, and we ask him for the thing that we need to supply, to say, God, what do I need to, 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 to uh, 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 get rid of this anxiety, to get rid of this fear? God, what do I need from you that'll get rid of this, this, this overwhelming feeling I'm having inside of myself? Not God, please take away my anxiety. What, 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 what the marker is of a true, mature relationship with God is like, look, God, I trust you in everything. Not just in some things, not just in the things that I don't think that I can handle, but even the things that I think that I can handle, I trust you in that. Our first question that we, ask, we should ask ourselves is this, where does my source come from? Our second question is this, how am I perceiving my circumstances? How am I perceiving my circumstances? How many people wear glasses or have contacts? Just a few of us. How hard is it for you to see when you don't have your, your contacts or your glasses in? Difficult. For those of you that drive and, and need your glasses, for those of you that can barely read or write without your glasses, imagine it like this. Our glasses as believers, our prescription, our contacts as believers is thankfulness. That prescription that we have as believers is thankfulness because it gives us clear vision on what's around us. So when we go to God, before we ask him for something, we need to recognize him what he's already done. It's like going to God and saying, God, God, you know, our church just needs five speakers, Jesus. We just need five speakers. If you would just supply us with five speakers for our sanctuary, God, not realizing there's one, two, three, four, five, underneath the stage, six, seven speakers that we already have. It's like, God, God, I just, I just need more joy, God. And God is like, I've supplied you with joy. I've supplied you with myself. God, I just wish, I just wish I had the brand new shoes. He's like, but your mom gave you the three shoes that you needed for your life. God, 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 please, please, God, just help me, help me get an A on this test. I gave you enough time to study. I gave, I gave you enough time to, to supply yourself with the thing that you need. I've already provided. Why, why are you asking me for something that I've already supplied you with? Why are you asking me for peace when I've already supplied you with it? That before we go petitioning to God and going to God, we have to start off our prayer time with thankfulness and thanksgiving. Like how many times have you guys been like walking around and like you guys are in a rush and you have to go somewhere and you're like, the phone is in your hand. You're like, bro, where's my phone? Where's my phone at? Where's my phone at? Where's my phone at? Like, bro, look at your hand. Oh, that's the recognition that we have to come to is that God this is a simple prayer that we can pray during our prayer time, during our alone time, even when we're walking. It's like, God, man, reveal to me the things that you've done for me. Remind me of the, of the goodness that you have shown in my life. I may not have everything, but you've supplied all my needs. I may not have everything that I want, but, but I don't go without. We may not have the, the biggest house or, or the nicest car, but God, I thank you that we have a roof over our head and that, that, that my parents or I've been blessed with an opportunity to have transportation to school and to church and whatever it may be. It's like, God, I may not have the coolest friends in the world, but thank God that I have friends. God, I, I, may, not have, I may not have any friends, but God, you know what? I thank you that I have a youth group that I can go to and get connected with people at. 
that before we go around acting like a, a spoiled brat, before we go around acting like God isn't here to supply our needs, take a look around. I dare somebody to say that they don't have friends. I dare somebody to enter into this room and say that we don't have friends. That, that we've done our very best. And that's not to, 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 to give ourselves glory, but to give God glory that he's allowed us to have a space, to have an opportunity where, where, where people believe in God can come together and, and talk about his goodness and talk about life and to have real relevant relationships with God and each other. So because God has supplied you with that, why not take advantage of it? Like, look, when God was saying, look, my grace is sufficient enough, he's saying, look, don't worry about all these things that you think that you don't have. I supply needs. I see the very need that you have in your life. It ultimately becomes this. It's almost like a, a, a being content versus being complacent. Being content versus being complacent. And what does that mean, JR? When you're complacent, you settle and it's like, oh, I guess this is all right. It's like you really, you really, really want the, the OG Jordan 1s, but you kind of settle for the, the, the Air Forces that kind of look like the Jordan 1s. You know what I'm talking about? Like that kind of settling. Like, like you, you're okay with it, but you settle. And yet you kind of still want more. Contentment is basically saying that, look, I'm fulfilled. I'm content. I am filled up. Let me give you an example. Complacency would say this. God, I need blank in order to be fulfilled. God, I need this in order to be fulfilled. God, I need to be in a relationship in order for me to be happy. God, I, I, I need a new pair of shoes in order for me to be cool to a bunch of friends that, that, that don't even really like me in the first place. God, God I, I, I need... Uh, my mom to get this brand new car so that when I pull up to school, everybody thinks that I'm something that I'm not. I'm adding a little bit extra to the end. It's like a little deep part, a little subconscious mind kind of thing. Complacency would say, God, I need blank in order to be fulfilled. But contentment would say this. Contentment would say, God, I am in need and I trust whatever you have for me. God, I am in need and I trust you enough to supply that need. Not God, I am in need, I need this in order to be happy. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. If you guys got time, go into the Annex podcast and go back and listen to the message. That, that happiness is just another word for contentment. Happiness is just another word for being fulfilled. And there's no thing on this earth that can fulfill you like the presence of God. I know it seems super holy and super spiritual and super mumbo jumbo and all that. But I'm encouraging you, regardless of your age, regardless of your background, regardless of, of your religious stance, there is nothing that, that can fulfill you like the Spirit of God. It's contentment versus complacency. Is God, I need blank in order to be fulfilled versus God, I'm in need, so I trust you to get it done. And we end with this. Our first question was, where does my source come from? First question was, where does my source come from? Make sure you write this down. How you overcome anxiety. Where does your source come from? Where does the source of your strength and your joy and your peace come from? The second is this. How am I perceiving my circumstances? Are you perceiving and, and, and recognizing your surroundings as something that uh, uh, you're ungrateful for? Or are you using 
the, the lens and the glasses of thankfulness to perceive what's going on in your life. And finally, our last question is this. What is my expected outcome? What is my expected outcome? And I want to talk about coping mechanisms for just a second. Coping mechanisms. When it comes to coping mechanisms, this is what it is. So, so if I'm feeling a little down today, then I'm going to go get some candy to make me feel better. Does that make sense? Some of us do that. I do that a little bit, just a little. Maybe a little bit in Jerry's. For some of us, and, and I don't know what people are going through, but I'm going to give you just some for instances. You don't need to raise your hands if this is you. For some of us, we self-medicate. Well, 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 and I'm talking about outside of the, of the scope of a doctor medicating you something. I'm talking about abuse. Some of us abuse drugs to cope with the anxiety that we have in our lives. Some of us abuse alcohol to... to, to to cope with the anxiety and the fear and the feeling like we're not enough in our lives. Some of us cope with isolation so that we don't have to deal with the things that are going on in our lives. Some of us shuts ourselves down. Some of us put ourselves in empty places. Some of us, some of us do all kinds of crazy things to try to deal with what's going on in our lives. Some of us harm ourselves and, and cut wrists and and, cut, and, and harm ourselves to cope with the pain of life. And, it's, and I know it's heavy. And I know these are things that you might not be going through, but there are people that go through these things. But I want to recognize this is, I know it's a hard question, but what is your expected outcome of what you're about to do? I know it might feel like it's going to get rid of the the the. the the, the hardness and, and the weight of life, and I know it might seem like it might sustain you for a second, but let me, let me ensure something with you, that it's not sustaining anything. Harming yourself is not the answer. You abusing drugs is not the answer. You abusing alcohol is not the answer. You uh, 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 isolating yourself from family and friends is not the answer. And I will go as far to say tonight, that suicide is not the answer. With God's authority, I say this, like suicide is not the answer. Where you think you're getting, re uh, getting rid of the fear and pain that you're, you're feeling in your soul, now you're going to cause a multitude of people, hundreds of people, family members, friends, you're transferring that fear from yourself to the fear and, 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 and the guilt and the shame to everyone else. Suicide is not the answer. Drugs is not the answer. Let me share something with you. It says it in Philippians chapter 4, verses 7. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. That this verse, we only read two verses tonight, but in these two verses, we found the answer to anxiety. It's in Christ Jesus. That we're not talking about a solution that will only sustain you for the moment, but we're talking about a solution, a peace that only Jesus can supply that surpasses all understanding. How can I have peace when I'm depressed? How can I have peace when I'm anxious? How can I have peace when I feel like I'm not enough? 
How can I have peace when I'm being abused? How can I have peace when I feel like I want to die? You can have peace in Jesus Christ. It is a, it is a sustaining peace. It is a peace that, 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 that lives on forever. That we don't serve a fairy tale and fictional God. That the, that the God that we're talking about tonight, the Jesus Christ that we're talking about tonight, is living. He's alive today. This peace that Jesus Christ uh, uh, supplies is something that you can have tonight. And if we can all stand to our feet, wisdom, you can come to the piano. Anxiety is only a fruit of the problem. We're talking about trust issues here. We're talking about Garden of Eden stuff. We're talking about either trusting, remember we talked about last week, truth or dare? Do we trust in the truth that God provides or do we dare go against what God has to provide for us? That anxiety is a byproduct of you trusting in yourself. Anxiety is a byproduct of you, of, of, of you apparently and, and, and literally not being enough to meet the task. But we're going to talk about it over the next couple of weeks. I know I didn't go over an exhaust, exhaustive talk of, of anxiety tonight, but I wanted to open up the door and the opportunity for you guys to start somewhere. That we might not have all the answers now, but we can start with Jesus. That we can move forward with Jesus. That we can move forward with the plan that he has for our lives. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Prayer, being in the place that we need to be. Supplication, asking God for the salvation that he can apply. And then being thankful for it by living the way that we should live because we've been set free in Jesus Christ. That's what we need. That the Bible is a, a constant and revolving theme about the gospel. That you can go to any part of the Bible and it ultimately points back to Jesus Christ. Old Testament, New Testament, it all points back to Jesus. In this picture that it paints of being anxious for nothing and in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving making our requests being made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and minds because the truth rises up above lies the, the truth rises up above partial truth above, above self truth the truth which is, which is Jesus Christ he's the one that's on the throne he's the one that has all authority and he's the one that we should give our lives to that you don't have to be in shame. That you don't have to deal with that guilt anymore. We have to get out of the bad habit of, of, of just coming to God in emergency and not abiding in him with our whole lives. When we have one foot in the church and one foot out the door. This is our opportunity for us to abide in him as he abides in us. That peace that you have been missing is Jesus. That joy that you've been missing is Jesus. That fulfillment, that purpose that you've been missing only can be supplied by Jesus. So with all heads bowed,
and all eyes closed, here's the opportunity for you to ask God, for you to pray and ask for the thing that you need. Let me give you a hint. The thing that you need is salvation. If you're here tonight, whether it's your first time at Elevate or your 500th time at Elevate, and you want to receive this peace, this joy, this salvation that we're talking about in God's word, that we're talking about in Jesus' gospel, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Keep them up. Keep them up. If you want to receive Jesus into your heart, I want you to raise your hand. Now is not the time to be ashamed. I'm not putting you on blast. We got to make a declaration. Today is the change for the rest of your life. That you can let go of those things that you used to do. That you don't have to live in shame anymore. Hallelujah. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us on the cross. That you died a sinner's death, but you never knew any sin, God. That you sacrificed yourself for us, Lord. We thank you for dying on the cross for us, God. We thank you for raising from the dead for us, God. And, and we believe that you did that. God, we don't just want you to be our Savior tonight. We want you to be our Lord, too. So from this day forward, we will live with thankfulness. Thankfulness that you died for us. Thankfulness that, that, that you sacrificed your life for us. And God, in whatever decision that we make, Lord, that we recognize that you are the supplier of our needs. Only you can bring salvation. Only you can bring joy. Only you can be peace, bring peace. And God, I pray that we continue to seek you. That even while we're at home, we can open up your word and learn more and more about what you have to say about us. About how much you love us. About how much you care about us. About how much you want us to have life and life more abundantly. God, I, I pray for each and every person that is dealing with anxiety. That they recognize the only way to overcome anxiety, God, is to place their faith and their trust in you. It's to recognize you as their source, God. God, I'm praying that tonight that we recognize that there will be storms. That there will be hard times. That there will be situations that feel like they're overwhelming, Lord. But you said it in your word that you overcame the world. So if you made a way for us to overcome, God, we trust you with that way. We trust you with that plan. We trust you with your path, God. God, I am praying that you, that you, that you give us the, the, the hunger for your word. To open it up so that we can be sanctified by your word. Cleansed by your word, God. May it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, God, as we walk with you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a praise real quick? Hallelujah.